Happy Insurrection Day! This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. So, CNN and MSNBC will have specials all day today. New York Times has eight opinions on this subject today. Washington Post has 13 opinions on this uh, on this issue today, on this uh, event today. And the House of Representatives is having all sorts of hearings on this event today. Merrick Garland is still looking to throw President Trump in prison because of this today. What am I talking about? Insurrection Day. That's right. It's the one-year anniversary of the Capitol riots. Uh, will all great things happen with all the great things happening in 2021, it's hard to believe, in 2020, it's hard to believe that it's been a year, that it's only been a year. It's hard to believe that it hasn't even been a year that Trump was impeached for the second time. That's how bad this 2020 was. It just took forever to get through this year. Now, here's the thing. January 6th was a terrible day. I was watching it on television. Contrary to what Everyone's been. I don't know what I was doing. I did, it was. It was a. It was a bad thing to see. Uh you. I thought it was really bad because not of the violence necessarily, but because the, I knew the media was going to demonize every conservative because a bunch of conservatives acted badly. Yeah, I mean, these were conservatives, but. but how serious we should have taken those conservatives. I mean, one of them was wearing face paint and Viking horns. These conservatives were taking selfies in the offices of our elected leaders. One of them stole Nancy Pelosi's lectern and walked out of the building with it. I mean, these were not serious insurrectionists. Um, they were just a bunch of white trash hicks that hardly represent the conservative movement. This was a riot, not an insurrection. We know this because the big players in, in this were already convicted of trespassing, mayhem, and destruction of property. There were uh, between five and 700 people, I'm not sure how many were arrested, but between five and 700 people were arrested and those that were convicted, even the guy with the horns got six years, only six years, and it was just basic mayhem and destruction of property and trespassing. He didn't get it for treason or, or insurrection. None of that happened. So, in fact, none were really convicted of a violent crime altogether. I think a couple were. There was violence. 150 police officers were injured. But I do want to point out, there was $1.5 million in damage done to the Capitol building. But only one person was killed, and that was Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by a Capitol police officer who's always been a little questionable with his weapon. I mean, this is a guy who lost his gun in a bathroom. This is not a good, this is, this is a guy who probably shouldn't have been a police officer. And that's probably why he shot her. We know no Capitol Police officer died. 
through violence. The media lied about it, of course. Five died of natural causes, uh, one of stroke, a couple died of heart attacks, one died of, um, uh, a couple died of suicide. But the media lied about it. They sat there and said that the cops, you know, one cop died because he got hit in the back of the head with a fire extinguisher. We know that didn't happen. And of course, the Democrats kept that a secret for forever. I don't want to minimize what happened here. But the reality is, this whole thing became a narrative for the press. This BS that we're seeing today is a narrative for the press that all Republicans are evil insurrectionists. They are, it is not the disaster, let's say, of a 9-11 or a uh, Pearl Harbor, which is what they keep pushing. It was a terrible thing, but it wasn't that bad, especially when the truth finally did come out. And we already have the reports released by the Senate and by the um, Department of Homeland Security. Both of these had nothing to do with Republicans. They stated that the Capitol Police were not prepared. They stated that uh, Nancy Pelosi did not call extra Capitol Police during the certification of the certification of the vote. There, the reports revealed that Muriel Bowser, the uh, mayor of Washington, D.C., was asked if she wanted extra uh, guard and extra police on the streets. She said no. By the way, who does it sound like... Who does it sound like was really at fault for the Capitol riots? For me, it sounds like Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Muriel Bowser. They should have known maybe something could go wrong here. And they did nothing about it. Here's the thing. I really have no more to say about what happened. I'm going to sip. I do have some says because this, this is the big news story of the day. Democrats are in huge trouble this year. They're going to lose the House and the Senate. And there's a very good chance they're going to lose in 2024. They probably are going to, and they're going to lose because they of their crappy policies and because the country is falling apart and they're doing nothing about it. They need something to strike the emotional bone of the voters. And the best way to do that is bring Trump up. This is Trump's riot. Now, he's not completely at fault for it. He did cause a lot of it. He did, he did build anger in people. But the only way Democrats can get any attention off of Biden and his failures is to go out and bring Trump back up because he's such a polarizing figure. Of course, Trump hasn't been in office for over a year. He hasn't even been involved in politics. He's been on television a few times. He's had a couple of rallies. But for the most part, he's kind of stayed away. So I'm not exactly understanding 
why bringing up Trump is a good idea. And I don't think it is. I think they know it too. So I'm doing this, you might notice I'm doing this a little later than normal. And that's because I wanted to hear the speeches that Biden was going to give. Surprisingly, Harris gave one too, which <laughs> I probably did not help her standing. So I waited so I can hear what they had to say. And of course, it was either exaggeration or lies. It was the, the world is going to end mantra if you don't do voting rights and approve a $5 trillion budget package. That's essentially what this came down to. This could happen again if we don't destroy all of the institutions and all of the processes that the government has been using for the last 200 years. Let's start with, but there is something that you should hear that I think is rather unnerving and almost fascistic. Let's take a look. Let's first listen to Kamala Harris's opening for her speech, which, God, people wonder, she wonders why she's so unpopular, and it's because of race, it's because of uh, her sex, it's all this. She should, should listen to herself speak, because she just speaks in nothing but hyperbole and exaggeration. She's just terrible. All she needed to do in the speech is actually laugh once, and it could have been worse. So let's listen to this. Fellow Americans, good morning. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. Question for you. How long do you think it'll be before they make January 6th into a national holiday? And they start pushing that crap. Because they're sure making it sound like this should be a national holiday. The other thing I do want to point out is um, Pearl Harbor. the Pearl Harbor attack by Japan killed 2,400 troops. The 911 terrorist attack killed nearly 3,000 people. January 6th, one was killed. This attack doesn't even rank in the 20 worst things that happened in the United States. Heck, the Capitol building has been bombed. The White House was actually burned down. You mean to tell me that this is the worst thing that's ever happened? Really? And by the way, the only person killed was Ashley Babbitt, an Air Force, a former Air Force veteran. She was a Trump supporter. She was the only person killed. Let me repeat that. The only person who was violently killed in the January 6th, it, um, I almost said insurrection, in the January 6th riot was a Trump supporter. And the name of the guy who shot her was withheld. 
Could you imagine if if Ashley Babbitt was black? Would they have withheld that name? Oh, hell no. He would have been fired. But this time it was the opposite. The shooter was black and the victim was white. So that's okay. It's just a disgusting comparison. It minimizes those tragedies. The families that actually lost something. What did what did the, the what did the senators and the house members lose? They lost three hours of their day. That's what they lost. It's just a terrible way to minimize tragedies in this country. But she continues on. Let's listen to her. The strength of democracy is that it empowers the people. And the fragility of democracy is this, that if we are not vigilant, if we do not defend it, democracy simply will not stand. It will falter and fail. The violent assault that took place here, the very fact of how close we came to an election overturned, that reflects the fragility of democracy. Yet, the resolve I saw in our elected leaders when I returned to the Senate chamber that night, their resolve not to yield, but to certify the election, their loyalty not to party or person, but to the Constitution of the United States, that reflects its strength. There are so many things here that irritate the crap out of me out of, the, out of that statement. That's why I put it in. First off, this is coming from a woman who was bailing out rioters that cost five that caused five billion dollars in damage. One point five million dollars of damage was done to the uh, to the uh, Capitol building. That's it. Meanwhile, you had hundreds killed. Thousands wounded in the riots in 2020. You had police officers assaulted and injured. Some of them couldn't go back to work. And there, and she's bailing out the people. So I think it's rich for her to talk about democracy. You know what was what was killing democracy? The the riots of 2020 in the summer of 2020, BLM and Antifa riots. Those those really hurt democracy too. Because suddenly the freedoms that we have, supposed to have, some of them were being taken away by these thugs. So I think that's a big, that's, it's, a re, it's really rich to hear Kamala Harris say anything. Democracy was never under attack. These guys were not going to stop anything. They were going to screw around. There were guys, horned guy that is now serving viking guy that is now serving six years in prison was taking selfies the guy who stole nancy pelosi's uh, uh lectern was taking selfies that's how they got identified so fast they weren't attacking democracy they were screwing around they were rioting and there was no there was no way the election was going to be overturned and after three hours, they were already the, the senators were already certifying the election. This was not really a serious attack on democracy. There was no planning in this. There was very little planning in this whole thing. 
They had no weapons. They had no tools to break in. They used whatever they happened to have with them. And this is something that really burns me. She's making these politicians into heroes. Well, here's a newsflash. Politicians are like they had gone to war or something. Well, I got news for you. Politicians are not heroes. They just did their job. And the only difference here is they did their job three hours later. That was it. So this is just dumb. Well, enter, speaking of dumb, enter Joe Biden in his speech. He, uh, yeah, he's just, he's just incredible. Let's, let's listen to him because it, he's so obvious. I think he could do a speech anywhere and the first thing he's going to bring up is Trump. And how and, and spend 20 minutes on Trump. I don't think it matters what speech. It could be an Easter speech. And he's going to bring up Trump. Well, let's listen to him because that's exactly what he ended up doing. Listen to, listen to old Joe here. Speak plainly about what happened in 2020. Even before the first ballot was cast, the former president was preemptively sowing doubt about the election results. <clears throat> He built his lie over months. Wasn't based on any facts. He was just looking for an excuse, a pretext to cover for the truth. He's not just a former president. He's a defeated former president. Defeated by a margin of over 7 million of your votes in a full and free and fair election. There is simply zero proof the election results are inaccurate. In fact, in every venue where evidence had to be produced, an oath to tell the truth had to be taken, the former president failed to make his case. Just think about this. The former president and his supporters have never been able to explain how they accept as accurate the other election results that took place on November 3rd. Elections How this guy has a 40% approval rating, I don't know. I mean, you listen to the guy, he's like an old man that just babbles about whatever. I mean, he just spent a lot of time babbling about Trump here. I mean, first off, he, he says that, oh, he's been starting these lies months before the election. Wait a minute. That didn't happen to him? Didn't Obama administration spy on the Trump campaign? Didn't Hillary Clinton fund the Steele dossier, which led to four years of the media accusing Trump of being a Russian stooge? What does that have to do with... You mean to tell me he's... You're the only one who's been... that Trump's the only one that has been messing with your presidency? He's been, and then he spent a, a, a minute and 14 seconds trying to convince the country that he won legitimately. I got news for you. I'm sorry. I don't think he won legitimately. I have no proof of it. I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. I just know what I saw when I went to bed on election night and what I saw when I woke up on election uh, the day after the election. But if the, if the election was so legitimate. Why does he have to keep saying it was legitimate? I'm sorry. If if something, if I 
don't commit a crime, I'm not going to sit there and keep defending myself from not committing a crime if I didn't do it. But he keeps doing this. And then by calling Trump a failure? Really? Not only is that not is, is very divisive for a good 43-44% of the country, I think he I think Trump has more support in his worst days than Biden ever had as president. You just told everyone they're they're stupid for believing that Trump was a good president. He's and he used that term failure three times. But here's the thing. The purpose of the, this January 6th garbage is to bring Trump back into the picture. Here's the thing. Trump's been out hasn't been in office for over a year. People are Trump okay, but he's not in office anymore. Why do you keep bringing him up? The only way the Biden that Joe Biden thinks he will look good and his is if he brings Trump and compares himself to Trump. Here's the problem he has. He's doing such a crappy job that no one thinks that Joe Biden is better than Trump. Independents definitely don't think so. Independents, he's down in the 30s in approval from independents. Again, why it's only 30, I, I don't know. But here's the next clip. And this next clip, I actually find quite funny because it, it is so stupid. Listen to this. To me, the true patriots were the more than 150 Americans who peacefully expressed their vote at the ballot box. The election workers who protected the integrity of the vote. And the heroes who defended this capital. You can't love your country only when you win. You can't obey the law only when it's convenient. You can't be patriotic when you embrace and enable lies. To me, the true patriots were the more than 150 Americans who peacefully expressed their vote at the ballot box. This is the dumbest statement I think he had made. Probably the dumbest statement made. Let me let me see. Let me see if I can bring this up. Let me see if I can straighten this out here. You can't love your country when you win. Only when you win. Stacey Abrams and Hillary Clinton bashed the system as racist and sexist when they both lost. Stacey Abrams still thinks she is governor of Georgia. So, yeah, I you're right. You can't obey the law only when it is convenient. Hmm. The BLM and Antifa riots violated the law and were supported by Democrats, including Kamala Harris bailing out the rioters. We've got massive, massive uh, lawlessness. And this, folks, these Democrats, they continue to press for no bail, press for no jail time. And then the big one, you can't be patriotic when you embrace and enable lies. Joe Biden lies and his administration lie every day. This whole January 6th thing is based on a lie. You know, the one thing he should have done, look in the mirror. Don't make a statement like that 
without knowing what you're doing. What is it? Don't point out the splinter in your friend's eye before you remove the plank in your own. A Bible verse, I'm sure I jacked it up. Okay, but this next statement from uh, Merrick Garland, thank God he's not on the, thank God he's not on the Supreme Court. This one should be a little bit chilling because it really, if we can use the past, his past uh, crusades to determine what he's saying here, this could be very scary. Let's listen to Merrick. The Justice Department remains committed to holding all January 6 perpetrators at any level accountable under law, whether they were present that day or were otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy. We will follow the facts wherever they lead. This statement should make you uncomfortable. Okay, I exaggerated by saying chilling, but it should make you uncomfortable. Here's the thing. What exactly is he talking about? Is he talking about going after people who weren't even there now? We already know, yes, there was some um, collusion going on or uh, not really planning on Facebook and on Twitter. But there wasn't a real strategy here. The reports have said that. It was not really organized. There were no weapons. Except the guy dropping a bomb off at the RNC and the DNC headquarters. We still don't know what happened there. We've got pictures of the guy. Could he be talking about going after people who hold the same values as the rioters? Or the values that the DOJ thinks is important? Is it now going to be kind of criminal? I mean, we can assume that because they've been doing this. Is it? Could you be held criminally liable just because you're a conservative? That's a big question. The Justice Department has already shown their hand when it comes to who they're going to go after and who they're not. They went after the January 6th rioters, but they show no interest in BLM or Antifa, which continue to this day rioting. Go up to Portland. Go to Seattle. They're still out there. They go after parents who complain at school board meetings that they don't want CRT and critical uh, gender theory being taught to their four-year-old kids. But they don't go over, they don't go uh, after the gangs in New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, or Chicago who are committing shootings and flash robberies. What kind of DOJ is this? So having an opinion is more harmful to society than shooting somebody? Having an opinion is more harmful than stealing somebody else's property? This is what's happening. That's a statement I should you should be wary of. That's the one that's scary. All right. So, I, I really put my, uh, put my thoughts here, but Ben Shapiro released a rather long set of tweets about this whole thing, and I think he's hit this pretty much on the head. 
So it's better if I just read it. Let's just go through this because um, I, I really like this, this take. So the first section, quote, Today is the first anniversary of January 6th, the riot predicated on a falsehood pushed by Donald Trump. A riot which did not prevent the certification of the 2020 election by Vice President Mike Pence and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Now, I wouldn't go this far. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with him in all of this. Um, Trump, we don't know if Trump's had any falsehoods. Remember when it came to the election being stolen. He just couldn't prove it. And there was a lot of questionable things that were happening on election night. What Trump said couldn't be proven, and the point of overturning the election, he, yes, and he was incendiary. He was, a, he was very loud, he was very vocal about it, and he riled a lot of people up. Yes, I'll go with that. But I personally, I thought that Trump should have just shut his mouth and take it like a man, like a Republican. Because that's what Republicans do. We don't whine and cry like uh, Democrats do when they lose, like Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams. I thought Trump showed a lot of, a, a, a lack of, just a lack of self-interest. He, he was just, he, he looked like he was just into himself at that point, not the country. You lost the election, move on. All right, Shapiro continues. It was not a coup or an insurrection, nor was it charged criminally as such. It was not a turning point for the Republic or referendum on American political violence. It is now being exploited by the political class to dramatically revise Republican institutions, including federalism and the filibuster. The outside fo outsized focus on January 6th by the media and Democrats is a pure act of political opportunism and should be seen as much. This is absolutely true. Chuck Schumer on Sunday said that he's going to push for revising, which means getting rid of, the filibuster to avoid having another January 6th. Biden-Harris said we need voter reform, including mail-in ballots, ballot harvesting, no voter IDs, and automatic voter registration. How this works with January 6th, I don't know. And, and all of that stuff is has never been done. We've supposedly had good elections before. But all of these things, and I live in California, I don't think there has been a legitimate election in California in probably 12, 14 years. But January 6th isn't a thing. Why, why are they bringing this thing up? That's what they're doing to avoid another January 6th. We need to do voting reform. And again, this begs the other question. Why revise voting procedures if this last election was the most fair of all elections of all time? Well, because it probably wasn't. Okay, I'll continue here. The game is to suggest that January 6th was a grave threat to democracy and that the threat has now metastasized into a full-blown political program pressed by the mainstream Republican Party and that this requires concerted democratic destruction of all institutions. Biden is not hiding the ball. Schumer is not hiding the ball. I just told you how they're not hiding the ball. Pelosi is not hiding the ball. 
If the question on January 6th had remained whether riots are bad, whether criminals should go to jail, or whether we ought to follow legally certified election results, we'd agree. But the question has now morphed, and it's morphed within hours of the January 6th events. The question morphed into whether the entire Republican Party and all of its voters could be saddled with the mantle of insurrectionary violence. That's what makes what Merrick Garland says scary. Because now you just have to be a Republican, vote Republican, be a conservative, and you're part of the insurrection. Okay, let's continue on. And the follow-on question became just how much should evil Trump voters be censored? Parler and AWS are the examples he gives. Or whether we should dispense with the filibuster to, quote, save democracy, end quote. Or whether we ought to federalize voting procedures like ballot harvesting and bar- harvesting and banning voter ID. The crocodile, the crocodile tears from the left about the woes of the police officers on January 6th ought to be taken with precisely the seriousness they deserved, given their 2014 through 2021 quest to label police systemically racist and ignore massive violence against the cops throughout the BLM riots. And the crocodile tears from the left about refusal, refusal to accept election results ought to be taken with precisely the same seriousness they deserve from a party of Stacey Abrams and the Russian election interference and the Facebook is to blame. That's Hillary Clinton. One need not downplay the evils of January 6th or the lies of President Trump's post-election in order to recognize the games being played. Politics is always politics. Always. One thing Shapiro didn't talk about uh, much is the deflection from the failures of leadership in this administration. He talked about what what Shapiro was talking about was the Democrats are using January 6th as a reason to tear down all the institutions. And we shouldn't take it seriously. Now, I think most people don't, but I don't know. Uh, well, looking at the looking at the poll numbers, I don't think a lot of people are taking that very seriously. But Biden's domestic foreign and economic policies have all failed. All of them have failed. This is an opportunity to blame Republicans for all of Biden's failures and continue with these failed policies because that's what they want. And Biden's got a, there's other news today that may make January 6th more important. Make it that we need to continue this deflection. We need to deflect more. Because now the Fed is talking about raising interest rates in March instead of in mid-year, July. Raising interest rates typically causes people to be laid off. Could you imagine if we lost more jobs than gained one month in at the end of a pandemic where the entire economy was shut down? That's a possibility. And we need and Biden's going to need something to deflect away from that. Unfortunately, I don't think anyone's taking this serious. I don't think anyone they don't even show the January 6th commission's uh meetings. No one seems to care. 
So Democrats can go for this. They can sit there and they can keep talking about January 6th and stuff like that. I just have a feeling um, <laughs> nobody's listening. And I know no one's listening today. Except CNN. All right. Uh, visit my website at Dumbasses Talking Politics and uh, dot com and i'm still working on that video i gotta get it uploaded it's kind of large i hope you have a great day this is gene and you've listened to dumbasses talking politics